honor the word and the spirit as it pertains to encounter, God wants to encounter you. And so that's kind of the aim this morning. And uh, yeah, so we'll see where this goes. Well, I actually know where it goes, but you'll get to see where it goes. We have to define honor a little bit. Honor is to hold something or someone in high esteem or respect. To have a high place of greater value than others. Meaning that what this person or this concept is saying slash teaching is held in a higher regard than what others may say or teach. And the starting question that we're aiming to answer as individuals today is does God's word, who is Jesus, have a higher place in your daily living than your need to understand or your own reasoning? And so as, as I was kind of pondering that, one of the things that popped into my mind during the week was how easy miracles happen in other countries. And I remember the first time I went to India and, and I, I was told, don't expect these folks to come and tell you that your prayer worked, that they, that they were actually healed. Because the, it's only a surprise to us that, that it worked. It's not a surprise to them that it worked. So when you ask them, hey man, like how come you didn't share this with me last time? Well, you prayed, didn't you? Yeah. Well, then you should be expecting that it happened. <laughs> because that's what they expect. They believe. They just believe. You prayed, like the Bible says, right? If you want healing, right? What are you supposed to do? Confess your sins to one another and be healed. You know that you will lay your hands on the sick and they be healed. You will raise the dead. You will cleanse the leper. You will cast out demons. That, there is that belief in the world. Where Western society or Western mindsets seem to struggle is in that because we want to understand it or we want to have a revelation, if you will, um, to grapple with. We want to be able to, um, what's, what is he saying here? Reason it. Reason it out. And so when things are not going our way and we come to God and we pray and we pray and we pray we're, and it's not manifesting, part of the manifestation is actually being held up in a lot of ways. This is a gentle rebuke, but I felt like the Lord was giving out candies so everybody could just chew on some candy and receive rebuke at the same time. It's all good. Part of the struggle is that we don't receive it because we're trying to reason it. Well, it doesn't make sense, and so therefore I can't, can't to walk it out. Here, so I'm going to give you an example. By all logic, all science, man should not be able to walk on water if it's running, if it's thawed. Right Now in Israel, there wasn't ice on the water when Jesus walked. Right? And Peter walked. People might say, well, Jesus was able to do it because he, he was God. But Peter wasn't God. Peter walked on the Word. And the Word was God. The Word was Jesus, right? Jesus said, come. Well, Peter walked on the water. Now, by all sense of reasoning, that should never have been able to happen. Right? Yay, nay. Right. See, why I want you to engage by responding is it actually does something within your brain. If you believe what I'm saying, if you accept what I'm saying and you respond verbally, your brain will actually grab a hold of that and implant it in your heart. So if you want it to go from here to here, let's be verbal. Let's be physical in our response. This is beautiful. So there's other things, for an example. You know, Jesus comes on the scene. They're like, oh, my daughter's dead. My daughter's dead. He's like, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Just chill out a little bit. Right? His perspective is different, right? Because he actually believes. 
And scripture tells us that all things are possible for him who believes. Now, how do I honor that word in my life? I'll tell you how I dis... I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to confess to you how I dishonor that word in my life. How's that? The scripture says that if I believe, if I'm a believer, right, in Christ, in who Christ is, that he is the son of God, right, that I have salvation. This is true, yes? Right. It also says that these signs will accompany those who believe. Now, how many of you believe that when you asked Jesus to save you or to, like, you received Jesus, you believe you actually received salvation? Raise your hand if you believe you have salvation. Some of you don't believe you have salvation. No problem. We can work, work our way through that. But for those of you who believe you have salvation, it doesn't take actually any more faith to believe that the signs that are listed in Mark 16 should be accompanying your life. And these signs are that you will heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, right? So when Jesus says, all things are possible for him who believes, do you believe that word or does your reasoning trump over what he said? And that's where we're getting. That's where we're coming to in this whole thing. The manifestation of the word of God in our lives through his spirit is challenged only by your need to reason or understand. But what would happen if you'd give that up a little bit? If you'd let go of that? Because in Proverbs, it actually tells us to not, lean not on our own understanding. In fact, I got a fantastic version of this right here. Trust the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions or your own understanding, but it's basically your opinion. With all of your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. And then, uh, uh, which is where a lot of people stop, but this next piece is really fantastic. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. So we know from Job, right, that whatever you decide in your heart, okay, whatever you believe and you declare will be established for you. So now just, I want to challenge you a little bit. I want to challenge you a little bit. How many of you believe you can see in the kingdom? If you, raise your hand if you believe you can see in the kingdom. I don't mean by faith. I mean like you actually believe you can see it. Okay. Raise your hand if you do not believe that you can see. Like, see, raise your hand if you think you do not see angels. Okay. Raise your hand if you think you do not see saints. Okay. Raise your hand if you do not think you see creatures around the throne. All right. Thank you. Honesty is a great place to start, right? But scripture says that you can see. So when we declare with our mouths that we cannot see, what are we partnering together with? Because we're not partnering with this word, right? We're partnering together with our own reasoning. We're partnering together with our own understanding. But what does the scripture say? Do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your opinions. And yet, you guys, most of our day is governed by our own understanding or our own opinions. 
And so the Lord challenged me on this because as, you, as most of you know, I did not believe anything that I experienced uh, for a long time until I started experiencing it. You know, tongues for an example. I, didn't, I did not uh, believe in tongues for myself even though other people gibbered, you know, gibberish, gibbered, right? I didn't, you know, I was like, whatever. And then one day in the tanning bed as I was, yes, the anointed tanning bed. Laying there and I was just worshiping God and suddenly my lips went numb and my tongue went numb and this weird sound came out. And I was like, what? Lord, is this tongues? And then, of course, nothing happened. So I was like, okay, hold on, hold on. I'll just get back into the same place I was before. And so I just re-entered into worship, truly from my heart, with the only expectation being to bring praise and adoration to God just because I love Him. That's it. And all of a sudden, I started singing in tongues, and I was weeping, and it was a beautiful thing because the very thing I did not believe was for me ended up being for me. And so God contradicted so many things that I didn't believe, but I had faith for. And this is why I had faith for it, because the Word of God has to have a higher place in my life than my own understanding. God's not limited to my understanding. He, he's so far beyond. And, that, and, and we've heard that from the frontier so many times, right? Like, we bump up against this, we bump up against it. So this is how I believe God has talked to us this morning about honoring the Word and the Spirit. So the Word being Jesus, remember? Yes, I remember again. It's okay. I remember the Word being Jesus. I remember the Spirit of God being Holy Spirit that dwelt within Him. It's important for me to just take a slight rabbit trail right now. Have you ever had conversations with a person such as myself and you believe that you have a revelation or an understanding of a particular Bible verse or, or a Bible theme, if you will, or just theme throughout Scripture that contradicts mine? Thank you, Joss, yes. Jen, definitely 100%. <laughs> right? And sometimes that happens. Sometimes, so let's say Chris and I are in a conversation. This Chris right here. And he has a revelation that he believes is from Holy Spirit on a, on a particular passage, and so do I. Let's say the passage, I can't remember the exact placement, but it is that Jesus conquered sin and death. Okay? And so we believe, together we would agree, that you can live without sin in your life because Jesus conquered sin. Right? But let's say the part B of that would be Chris doesn't believe that you're going to live forever. You can only live forever by dying and then be resurrected in the spirit one day to have your body resurrected. Right? Many people would attest to that. Is that true? What if I was to say that I have a difference of opinion? And I have a revelation that you don't have to die. Because not only did he conquer sin that I experienced on this side of eternity, he conquered death. Why would I separate those two? So that, but that does seem like a, a contradiction or a conflict that could happen, right? So Hebrews understand it this way. That there are multiple depths of revelation to any passage, to any verse, 
All right? It's called the 70 faces of Torah. The first being, we're not going to go through all 70, by the way. <laughs> I haven't, as far as I know, encountered all 70. But the reason why you could both be right, the reason why Chris and I can both be right is hidden right here. The first being the plane. I can't pronounce the word, but we'll call it Pashat. The plain interpretation of the scripture or the plain revelation of it is the historical and grammatical uh, meaning of a text. So just very surface level, right? It literally means it. He means he, she means she. That's very pertinent in this time of confusion. The second layer being remez. The allegorical meaning of the text. So maybe Jonah hadn't actually been swallowed up by a great fish. You know, maybe it's an allegorical uh, thing where it's, it's, it's meant to give an overall meaning, but it didn't necessarily happen. All right? So some people could take that. What about drash? The moral or the imperative sense of the text. So what is driving you to do how to change to come into alignment to be holy, to be righteous. Okay, so that's a whole nother level. That's, that's beyond reasoning. Four, sowed. The mis, mi, this, I get hung up on this one. The mystical or esoteric meaning of the text. Okay, so a yet deeper understanding that you can actually experience these things in this realm so that you can actually see kingdom realities right here. So how we honor the word between us is we give, we give room for the Spirit who's bringing revelation to that word to both of us. Because we actually both can operate from a place of love and understanding towards one another as long as we give up the freedom to be right. We don't need to be right, right? I mean, like, internally we want to be right. We want to control. And that's what happens when we go through Scripture sometimes. Is we want to control the text. We want to control what it actually means to come into alignment with what we understand. But wouldn't you rather live in, a, in mystery and experience the mysteries of God that Paul kept talking about? What about the prophets of old who were able to rain down fire from heaven or bring rain? Wouldn't you love to go to a place that is experiencing drought? And stand there and know that God has given you the power through his spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that's living in you. Wouldn't it be amazing if you can stand in that place of drought where so many people are starving. So many people are thirsty. And call for rain because you know it's God's heart to bring surplus and to bring provision. What if you are meant? See, that's the thing. Right? There's an enemy at work who... who endeavors to deceive you and deceive you about your own identity. You are a son of a living God and you have the same spirit within you that Christ had. The very same. So that means everything he did, according to his own speaking, his own mouth said this. Everything he did, you can also do and even greater. Because he didn't even do everything the prophets did. He didn't call down rain that we're aware of. Yet you can. You can. You can cause food to grow. It's God's will. When we partner together with his spirit. And the spirit of the Lord brooded or hovered over the deep, over the waters. Okay, it was hovering. And then God spoke. Boom. And his word. When his word 
and his spirit are manifested together, creation happens. Things happen. That's, that's the why. That's the motivation for honoring his word and honoring his spirit. Give room for both. Because when you give room for both, miracles happen. And so are you willing to allow your understanding, are you willing to allow your reasoning to be challenged by the word of God? Are you willing to have an encounter with him? Because what he told me this morning was, it's not even so much about you encountering him today, but him encountering you. That you're that special to him, that he actually wants to encounter you. He wants to have a one-on-one with you. He wants to draw you in and woo you and love on you and bring you to a higher place of revelation. Because when you have a revelation, a revelation trumps your understanding. Revelation brings understanding. Revelation brings Everything you need. You need the revelation of Jesus Christ in your life. That's why you need prophecy. You need the revelation of Jesus Christ in your life so that you can love one another. You need the revelation of Jesus Christ in your life so that you can love you. Because not only does God want to encounter you, but he wants to walk you into encountering you. Because he says certain things about you. And I was talking to Rhonda about this, this, this very thing this morning. I was sitting there in the presence of God. He said, I want to talk to you about body image. I was like, all right, let's do this. He said, so many of my children have body image issues, yet they forget that they are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you recognize and you have that, it's, it's, this is not something you convince yourself into. When you have a revelation that you truly are the house of God, you are the house of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you have that revelation and you sit in that place, and just allow God to minister to you, you get to minister to your own body. And this is how that happens, right? So we're going to walk into an encounter, okay? Man, encounter is my abs, that is my highest priority in life, encountering God. And God's highest priority is encountering us. So if he values encountering us, certainly we need to value encountering us. And so I thought we were going to go a certain direction. We're going a totally different direction right now. The direction we're going is God's invitation to you to encounter you. Okay? So you might be like, "How how, how do we do this? The first thing you need to understand is that some of us have a revelation that you are a spirit, a soul, and a body. All three of those have a voice. Okay? Because you're made in his image. The Father has a voice. The Son has a voice. Holy Spirit has a voice. Your spirit has a voice. Your soul has a voice, which you're very well aware of. And your body has a voice, which again, if you've ever stubbed your toe, you know your body has a voice. You've experienced it. It screams at you. Hey, let's not do that again. Right? That's your bo- that literally is actually your body sending you messages, sending your soul messages. Let's make a different decision next time. Right? We want to honor that. We want to honor our body. And so I believe that's what we're going into right now. It's like we're going to take a moment to recognize that we have been created to house God, to house his love. This is not just some concept. This is a reality. You are a door. You are a gate. And when you open up, then the king of glory comes in. For the world to encounter. 
for the world to experience. And so that's why right now we're going to endeavor to encounter ourselves. Be awakened to who you are. Okay? So, just bear with me. I'm going to ask you to trust me in this. And if you can't, that's okay, but I'm going to ask you, please, trust me in this. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Well, it's going to be longer than a moment, but just close your eyes. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you for taking us into a totally different place than I was. Thank you for taking us into a deeper reality where we can honor your word in our lives and we can honor your spirit in ourselves, in our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't have this mapped out. So we're just going to go with spirit. So keep your eyes closed. And I want, to picture, I want you to picture your outside, the outside of your body. I want you to recognize that God is fully encompassing you. And so that looks like, that looks like energy. Let's call it energy. So I want, us, I want you to see a blue light emanating around you. So even in the now, so I want you to try to live this out. So in, in the picture in your mind, you're going to inhale that light. And in this natural, you're going to, you're going to inhale right now. And so we're just inviting the Spirit of God to dwell inside. And so now you get a picture of the inside of you. The inside of you looks like many rooms, many staircases, many doorways, many gates. Remember, you're a temple. You're brilliant. You're beautiful. You're powerful. And I want you to start looking for the very center, the very center of that building, the very center of that room that you're in. So visualize. Everybody can visualize a room. That room is full of light. But a greater light is coming. A greater light is going to come through. And there's a throne right in the middle of that room. And so we're going to invite God to take his seat right in the center. So just pray that out. Pray it out. Just invite God to sit right in the center. Now, as I see it, as he sits, there's sort of a sonic boom that goes out from your heart out through the rest of your body, casting out all kinds of needless things that get in the way sometimes and reminding you that you are holy, that you are righteous, that you are loved, that you are pure. Remember that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not becoming the righteousness. You are 
right now, exactly in this moment, the righteousness of God in Christ. You are already his adopted children. You are already his family. So I just want you to see a ball of energy in between your two hands. So bring your two hands in front of your chest. Yeah. I want you to pour your love in there. Okay, I know it's hard to visualize sometimes, but you can do this. Just love, 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 love. Remember that God sent his love into the world, and you're about to send your love into the world. And so, Father God, we've just partnered together with your spirit right now as we pour our love into this sphere that you are co-creating with us. And now I just want you to see your hands pushing outward and letting that ball of love be released. See it released over your business. See it released over your jobs. See it released over your friends, over your family. I want you to start seeing that love sphere open up around your community, pouring out over those who are lost, those who are hurting, even those that go to other churches that want a touch from God. So Spirit, we know through the word that Jesus commanded a thing. He commanded healing from afar. And the centurion said, this, you don't have to get up and go to my house. You can do it right from here because you have authority. And so Father, we know that then we have authority because Jesus had authority. And what he had, we also have. And so we just say right now, to Winnipeg, you're healed. As we partner together with the Spirit of God, you're loved, you're cherished, you're valued, you're whole, you are complete. And God, we want to pray the Father's heart prayer. We just want to draw children unto you. And Jesus, we know that that was your entire aim was to bring us to the Father. And so that we know that we're partnering together with your heart in doing this. So Father, right now we just open up our hearts to all of your creation. And we call all of them home. Amen. Thanks for encountering me. Thanks for encountering yourselves. I know this is a stretch. I know. I do. I know for some of you this is an absolute stretch, and that's okay. It's okay to be stretched. It's okay to fight against your own reasoning. It's okay to fight against your own understanding. Scripture tells us to do so, to lean not on it. Don't rest on it. Don't, don't count that as the highest thing, because the highest truth is actually God's word. That's the highest truth. And so it is a bit of a wrestling match sometimes to 
to grab a hold of that higher truth, but that's why we need the Spirit, because the Spirit is the one who reveals the truth. The Spirit is the one who actually brings the revelation. And so what you value is what you end up living. It is. What is your highest value? You'll know by what you spend your time thinking. You'll know by what you spend your time speaking. Remember, what you have decided in your heart and speak with your mouth will be established. So what would you like to have established for yourself? Do you want to have healing established for yourself? Stop talking like you're sick. Right? What do you believe? Do you believe if you believe you're saved, speak like you're saved. If you believe you're healed, speak like you're healed. You know, if you believe that God's provision is enough, then speak that. You are sons and daughters of a great king, and the kingdom has been handed to you. What are you doing with it? So, Father, we open ourselves up right now to a revelation of who we are in you. A greater truth. Something that totally trumps our understanding and our reasoning, and we give it over to you, and we choose, Lord God, to receive a belief within us. We believe you. We take you at your word. Because Abraham took you at his word. When he was 80 years old, he received a promise from you, Father, that in reality, in the natural seemed to be absolutely, completely impossible. But you are the God of the impossible, and he knew it. And so he grabbed a hold of it, and he didn't question it. And that promise took well over 20 years to come to fruition, that he would become a man or a father of many generations. Many, 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 many. Many peoples. That's a promise. And we are Abraham's children. We grab a hold of things by faith. Right? We live by faith, not by sight. Sight is reasoning. Sight is understanding. We grab a hold of faith. And our faith says that you've been made well. Your faith says you've been made well. It's our faith that declares that we've been saved in Jesus Christ. It's our faith. And so, Father, thank you for faith. Thank you that you've given us all a portion of faith and that we can come to you and ask for more. And that you will give it, give it, give it generously. Thank you. Amen.